Flight attendants, please prepare for takeoff. Wheeler, Cycle, Line A, scores! I don't believe my eyes. Wheeler gets a hat trick. Oh my goodness. It's a big Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. One of my favorite characters from uh, Winnie the Pooh is Eeyore, so we'll do my best impression of the week that was for the Winnipeg Jets. Oh boy, Jets fall three games in a row. What are we going to do now? This is Ground Control, official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. It is a time to be concerned but also at the same time realize the Winnipeg Jets still sit in first place uh, after another weekend in the National Hockey League. This is Jamie Thomas, Tyler Esquivel, and Mitchell Clinton. Uh, So glad to have you along for this ride. Jets uh, clinched a playoff spot a week ago over the Nashville Predators. Everything's okay. And then the week goes by. The Jets drop three in a row to close out the home portion of their schedule. A loss to Dallas, a loss to the Islanders, and finish things off another loss to the Montreal Canadiens. Mitch, I know you don't want to start in a negative place but look back at what this was and maybe the energy that was missing in the in the three games here on home ice yeah I mean it is what it is obviously the Jets aren't going to hide from the fact that they lost three games this week and I think after every game a lot of the times in the post game it was just the emotional level wasn't there we didn't get to where we needed to get to and I think the loss to Dallas was was an example of that it was you know you're coming off just just a massive win over the Nashville Predators on home ice where everything kind of goes your way and you you fire on all cylinders. You, you pick up the big win, you clinch the playoff spot, and then it's it's real tough to come back out that next, that next game. And we were looking at the schedule uh, from the 2017-2018 season where mm-hmm. the Jets actually did win the next game after they clinched, but then they lost to the Chicago Blackhawks 6-2. to two a couple of nights later. So it, those games do happen. And then you go to the Islander game and that's that, I think that was one of the toughest ones of the, of the, the three game stretch and four, two lead in the third. Period. Yeah. You have that four, two lead. You're a team that's, you know, you, you've had a couple of those situations in the season where you've had teams kind of come back on you late and you just can't quite uh, get the job done in that one. So I think that one, that one stung, for a bit Brian Little kind of mentioned that the day later at practice that you know that one's going to sting for a bit um then they they go and play the Montreal Canadiens Blake Wheeler kind of described it as a stalemate it was one where there wasn't a whole lot of easy offense especially high danger offense one, one plays in the slot and all that and they're not able to, to pick up the pick up any points they lose 3-1 um former Jet uh Yoel Armia gets his it's his power yeah, play goal, and then, as Joel, yeah. yeah, yeah, and then away, and then away the the Montreal Canadiens go. But they they played three desperate teams this week, and mm-hmm. those three desperate teams showed that desperation. Tyler, when you look back at the week, and you try and look for a positive, and one of those is they're still in first place in the Central Division. They have the tiebreaker on Nashville. They have the tiebreaker on St. Louis right now because of regulation and overtime wins. But maybe a place you can start and be happy about with this hockey club is Connor Hellebuck. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, Connor Hellebuck was definitely solid. And, and, and you look at the three losses on home ice and, and you don't think, hey, that was on you know the goalie. Uh, definitely not in this case. I thought Connor Hellebuck played extremely well in that game against the Islanders. Obviously, Jordan Eberle has been scoring late game heroic goals his entire career and mm-hmm. and one just sneaks in behind and he, he's able to shovel it back in and and then you look at the most recent game against Montreal uh Connor Hellebuck stood on his head uh 
I took note of a couple of the, I think it was a third period, yeah, third period power play, and you just watch Connor Hellebuck track the puck, and he was square to everything on Saturday night, and uh, obviously, like Mitch had said, you know, things just aren't going the Winnipeg Jets way, and, and they'll look to correct that, and, and things are starting to sting, but as you get into this late season uh, push here before the playoffs, your goalie has to be right. And I think we're seeing that from Connor Hellebuck, even coming off of the road trip out West uh, against Los Angeles and Anaheim uh, stringing together that shut two sh- two shutouts in as many uh, starts for Connor Hellebuck. Obviously uh, not the, not the case the last few games, but I uh, really like where his game's at. Mitch Paul has, has said that, Connor Hellebuck's play was elevated even back in February when things weren't going well for the hockey club. Maybe he said, because one thing Connor Hellebuck has been consistent about, he says he keeps wanting to peak at the right time. He's getting, his game's getting better. He's always been confident about his play, but especially as of late, saying he's getting there not just to perfection yet, but maybe you overlook his play in February because the results weren't there. Where are you with Connor Hellebuck right now, too? Yeah, kind of the same boat as Tyler. I mean, one of the things that, I mean, I, obviously not a goaltending expert, but one of the things that I kind of like to look at in terms of you know if a goaltender's on you're not going to be able to control every every shot and control every rebound that comes your way but I think sometimes it kind of shows it's indicative of how you're feeling that game and when Connor Hellebuck is just swallowing pucks left and right wherever they're coming from and he's able to control those rebounds that's something that for me anyways is something that I really notice and you talked about his game starting to kind of get to where he wants it to be uh, starting in and around February. And that's right around the time, in my opinion, that all of a sudden you started to see these pucks get swallowed up. Rebounds are getting knocked to the corners. And uh, then obviously he has the the couple of shutouts that, that Tyler talked about. He also has been making some just spectacular saves throughout the way too. He likes to be more positionally sound and, and not have to dive uh, or to make any spectacular saves. He'd rather be big and boring as he always talks about, but he definitely still has the athleticism that's needed to be able to make those stops when necessary. I think he's just been uh, he's been upward trending since uh, February and trying to peak at the right time, like he says. One other thing you look at, bodies are starting to return to the lineup, and it's incredible at this point. If you look at the two defensemen the Jets have been playing with for a significant period in Dustin Bufflin and Josh Morrissey, how they survived. Dustin Bufflin comes back on Saturday, plays his first game against Montreal after missing 19. The Jets go 9-9-1 over that stretch. Kind of makes sense. Uh, Their power play was just over 27%, penalty kill at 78% without Dustin Bufflin lineup. So it almost seemed like Dustin Bufflin didn't miss any time because he plays just over 24 minutes. So, Tyler, when you look at what 33 did on Saturday – how would you sum it up? I, I thought I thought it was vintage Dustin Bufflin, and and Paul Maurice had alluded to the fact that he liked where Bufflin was at uh, in, from a health perspective, coming back from this injury versus the one where he was back against Montreal earlier in the season. And he, he, Buff was all over the ice in in his Buff fashion mm-hmm. type thing. So uh, he wasn't necessarily out of position a whole heck of a lot, but there was a lot of times where there he is down low working the puck or leading the rush and making plays when most players in the league wouldn't probably make that read or that play. And I thought uh, we, we, I liked what uh, we saw from Dustin Bufflin overall. And uh, as you head down the stretch, like we've said before, uh, you need your, your big go your big guns to, to really step up. So uh, looking forward to him getting some more ice time and some, some more action as uh, the playoffs approach. I know you're always looking for the color silver in June as in the Stanley cup, but uh, there's a good color on the ice on Saturday morning in gold, 
with Josh Morrissey uh, skating around. That means he's getting closer. What are you looking for down here to let us know any signs that when Josh Morris is going to return, Mitch? Well, number one, if you see him travel, that's usually usually means he's at the point where he's not just necessarily skating with Dr. Craig Slomway, the director of high performance for the Winnipeg Jets. He's at the point where he's ready to be on the ice with the coaches in a in somewhat of a practice setting, working on hockey related things. So that's what we saw at the optional morning skate prior to the game against the Montreal Canadiens. So that's obviously a good sign. Shooting the puck, that's another big uh, another big thing he was doing that and then working with Charlie Huddy on just puck retrievals and breakout uh, outlet passes and everything which he's always been just smooth as butter at so and he looked exactly like that um, on the ice prior to that so if he comes on the road trip that'll definitely be another positive sign and uh, obviously stay tuned to winnipegjets.com we'll keep you posted there was a lot of oohs and ahs out of the corner of the Jets TV crew uh, on the, on the uh, <laughs> yes. Saturday morning skate watching Josh Morris to go to work with Charlie Huddy because you're like, oh, so good. Oh, look at Maybe that. Maybe because just... back in my minor hockey days, I couldn't, I didn't oh. have a hope of making any of those pivots or passes that he was making. Maybe but it's time. funny when, like, you know, guy is clearly hurt, upper body, and you see him out on the ice and he takes a shot. And you're like, oh, he's ready to go. <laughs> yeah, he, oh, he's, he's in. Good. Oh, yeah, yeah, the doctors oh. and us are like, oh, he's fine. He's just, oh, he's fine. Yeah. He, just he, limit he, his minutes. He'll be fine. Mitch and I joked the other day after the player awards he won the the dan snyder memorial award and uh you, you just know there were tons of people in the crowd going oh he lifted the trophy with uh with the left side i don't know if that's the side that got injured but that was the one that bumped up against the wall <laughs> so like oh he's looking good and yeah you're there hoping he's in the gold jersey so there's some merit yeah Ra- raise the trophy josh raise the trophy yeah, yeah. show us you're okay show us you're okay exactly um on the note of okay uh it's always great when we get a member of, of the team to come on the podcast uh kevin hayes uh, who is no stranger to the podcast scene, which you guys filled True. me in on, on spitting chicklets, uh, did a great job, Was uh, caught a quick video of him. If you ever get a chance, go uh, on YouTube and, and check it out. Uh, the spitting chicklets crew go into Kevin Hayes' apartment in New York for a good 15 minutes. Now, I will say this, Kevin Hayes does not get a lot of words in. Because Ryan Whitney, <laughs> Ryan Whitney is a dominant person in that per, in, in personality and, and conversation. But uh, here is that conversation with Kevin Hayes. I uh, hope you enjoy it. 50-50 tickets are now available online for all Winnipeg Jets games. Buy yours before the start of the third period by visiting tnyf.ca slash 5050 in support of the True North Youth Foundation. This is Josh Morrissey. You are listening to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Kevin, welcome to uh, Ground Control, the official podcast, the Winnipeg Jets. Um, I was just talking with you on our walk over here. It's amazing what you can learn about a person watching a 15-minute video when you were with the guys from Spit and Chicklets. But uh, my first question after watching that, did the exercise bike make its way to Winnipeg from your apartment in New York? No, it hasn't. Uh, I mean, we have enough bikes here at the rink, so I figured I would leave it for whoever decides to spend the weekend back at my New York place that I still have. Just Okay, so uh, who's staying at the place right now then? Uh, I mean, it's different, different people. Uh, my sisters go down, my mom goes down, so uh, it's open for whoever wants it. <laughs> You're a candy guy. I saw yeah. a lot of candy. There's yeah. so, with the diets that are out there nowadays, are you one of the few guys remaining that actually partakes in candy? Um, yeah, I mean, I I have a pretty, pretty good diet going on, but uh, candy's my kind of... Has always been my go-to thing. I actually gave it up for Lent, so so uh, candy and bread is what I gave up for Lent, and it's uh, it's been tough, but 
40 days is worth it. Uh, that is uh, admirable, I have to say. So what is your go-to candy most times then? Uh, probably Kit Kats or the sour watermelons. Now, uh, there's a lot. There's chocolate bars in Canada that you can't get south of the border. Oh, yeah. Do you partake? Is it uh, Coffee Crisp? Or is yeah, that one of the ones? Uh, or Smarties? When I, was in, when I was in New York, it was, uh, it was always fun coming to coming to play the Canadian teams. You could go to the gas station and get the candies that you can't really, you can't really get back home. Uh, this year I was hurt, but uh, a couple of the Russian guys on the team brought home some uh, candy for me. So which ones do you come? Like which ones do you like from Canada that you can't yeah, get the, back home? Yeah, the Coffee Crisp for sure. Um, the Arrow. Yeah. Arrow bars. Yeah. Uh, Are you a fan of the mint one then? Or no, not yet. Just straight. Just the regular one. Yeah. And then the, the fuzzy peaches. Right. Maynard's maybe? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Fuzzy yeah. peaches. That's a big yeah. one up here. Yeah. That's that's great information. Yeah. Um, you had a smaller apartment in New York. Is there a difference in size than the one that you, the place you're staying in right now here in Winnipeg? Yeah. Uh, I'm living in Patan's old place. Um, it's a lot bigger than the one I'm in in uh in new york a lot cheaper too so that's kind of (laughs) nice is it a pleasant surprise i guess in the cost of living i guess when you come to a new city uh yeah i mean it's it's uh anything is cheaper than new york uh even just outside of apartments uh it's an expensive city there no question Um, it has a lot to offer but but it's uh it's nice to to come to winnipeg and and kind of just just focus strictly right on hockey and no outside distractions that you kind of had in uh in New York, um, not saying they're all bad distractions, but but uh, it's nice to kind of just literally wake up and you only have hockey on your mind, and it's kind of a cool situation to be in with uh, with how uh, how crazy the fans are here and how much they love the Jets. It's it's literally just hockey all the time, which is which has been a, a different change, but a pleasant change. I imagine it's different seeing the owner walking around quite a bit too, right? I, I'm not sure if you saw the owner of the Rangers very often. Yeah. Uh, I know Mark's around quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, he, he's around all the time. That's definitely different. Um, in New York, we had uh, James Dolan as the owner. Um, didn't see him too much, but, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's probably pretty tough uh, being an owner of a, of a sports club. You probably have a lot of anxiety and stuff. Any thought process of becoming an owner one day? Should you uh, become across millions and millions of dollars? <laughs> that's not for me. Um, <laughs> What's this year been like before the tread deadline? You know, your name was brought up a lot throughout the year. Was it distracting in that at that essence? Um, no, not too bad. I I signed a one year deal uh, this summer with New York, and uh, I didn't expect to be traded, um, but I knew it was a possibility. And with with the year that I was having, um, I just we we kind of realized at some point that it probably wasn't going to be an extension talk in New York due to my play uh in a good way and and then probably a month month and a half before the deadline I kind of knew I was going to some some team and and uh the Jets were kind of rumored since the beginning of the year uh with the whole Stastny thing last year and and um so yeah I mean it's it's been great so far um it was kind of cool the the first night I got here my cousin Keith was here for that ceremony that one McDonald in Schubert, Schubert, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so it was kind of cool to have a familiar face in the crowd and kind of run into him. Was he was the first person I saw when I got here, and that was uh, kind of cool. Does Keith still have it uh, the the bug to play at all, or is he still? No, I, I think he's over that. Uh, he he has two yeah unreal sons that are playing. He kind of he probably doesn't live through them, but but uh, he he definitely um, enjoys watching them and, and knows that they're both going to have bright futures and they're they're different players, but. 
but uh, they're both going to be very successful in this league. Do you see any of Keith and in, in the boys at all? When you uh, yeah, whenever yeah. we play him, I try to talk to him and take him out to dinner or something. And and uh, I've seen Matthew more, and I've seen Brady, uh, and then I've seen Keith in the summers in Cape Cod and at my siblings' weddings and stuff. So. When you came over here, it was clear. There's a clear definition of what, what what this is all about to help them get to the Stanley Cup playoffs and and win a Stanley Cup. When you guys clinched on on Saturday against Nashville, what did that mean to you to be a part of that? And I know there's a longer road ahead. Yeah, but it must be. No, it's it's uh, it's it's really different when you when you go to the rink every day and you never really know if you're going to make the playoffs or not when you're in back in New York and then you get traded to a team like this and and uh, you're expected to make the playoffs. Uh, which we've accomplished so far, and it's uh, it's definitely different, but it's it's unreal. Uh, our team has a legitimate chance to to do something uh, major here, and, and it's uh, it's a lot of fun to to come to the come to the rink every day. And we're starting to get some guys back on the back end, and and uh, we're still top of the league without those guys. And and uh, I mean, it's just going to make for for a fun run. What'd you know about Dustin Bufflin playing against him, and now that you are a teammate of his, the big difference in that. Yeah, I've only had a couple of practices with them. Uh, I mean, he he's no fun to play against when you're on the other end. Uh, you got to watch out for him, and and he's as tough as he is defensively. He brings a, an offensive aspect aspect that not a lot of people in this league can do. And and uh, I'm excited for tomorrow to see how it is. Uh, I mean, it's his first game back, so it might be it might be a little different for him at the start, but but it's uh, it's exciting. Paul Maurice has often said that Dustin kind of changes people forwards' philosophies or thought process when they're on the ice. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you playing against him, it's uh, you are definitely on the lookout for him. He's one of the one of the few guys in the league where you have to kind of know where he is. And and uh, I mean, he's very gifted offensively too. So being on the other end playing with him, it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Who's the best face off man that you go up against in the in the National Hockey League? Um, I know there's a lot. Yeah, there is a lot. Uh, when Koivu was was back, when he wasn't injured, he was he was uh, really tough to go against. But he was in the West, so I only got him twice a year. Uh, Claude Giroux is really good. Um, a couple of those guys in Carolina are really good. Um, yeah, so. um, is there too much made about the difference between the Western and Eastern Conference? Uh, no, it's definitely different. Uh, I think the East is more run and gun. Uh, more offense and defense, and and the West is kind of a heavier game, um, low lower scoring games, and and you got to play the right way defensively, because uh, if you don't, you can get you can get exposed. You've had numerous wings already in your time here. You had Patrick Line and Kyle Connor, Nikolai Ehlers today. What's it like having guys that have capabilities of scoring thirty goals, forty yeah. goals in some aspects? Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're playing top six here, you're playing with two elite wingers. Uh, it's been great so far. Uh, I've had a lot of fun playing with KC, and and I think tomorrow I'm going with Patty and uh, and Fly. So so that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, it's nice when you're playing with guys who can finish. It's uh, I'm kind of a pass first type player, and and uh, when they're expecting a pass and we're in the O zone, it can make for for a good combination and could be uh, could be tough for opponents. Patrick Line has scored a lot in his short NHL career. What have you liked about him uh, in the short time you've got to know him? Yeah, he's just—he's very confident with the puck. Uh, he wants to—he wants to learn every day too. He—he he knows he—he he can make some strides defensively and and uh, but offensively, he—he he wants to be one of the best guys in this league, and it's impressive to watch. 
You have a very close uh, friendship with Johnny Goudreau with the Calgary Flames. Was there any talk about him, any rumors that you had heard about possibly going to Calgary at all? Yeah, I mean, there was there was different rumors every day, and then as we got closer every hour, there was different rumors. But uh, he was he was telling me this and that, but... Was he kind of he kind of just makes it up and, <laughs> and he so I didn't really I didn't really trust him too much yeah to exactly so yeah. he was the general manager all yeah of a sudden? exactly yeah. so he went from from top scorer to to GM uh, <laughs> overnight so but uh but no I'm I'm happy where where I ended up uh, this like I said this team has a a legitimate shot to to do something special here. Not many people get to play with their brother in any level of hockey, especially at professional level uh, or any in the, in the international level. What's it been like for the opportunity for you to play with your brother? Yeah, uh, I played with him my, my freshman year in college. Uh, I played with him and Chris Kreider, uh, and then we've had some world championships together, and it's uh, it's it's a dream come true. It's uh, not often do you actually make it to the NHL, uh, but to do it with someone that you're legitimately best friends with and someone that you has been under the same roof as you your whole entire life it's it's special the first the first couple of years were were uh were pretty cool we had tons of people in every in the crowd every time we played each other but uh but coming into year 5 it it's old news yeah it's it's old news it's it's still fun to to go to dinner the night before but but it's uh it's nothing too crazy anymore for a Canadian team, there's a heavy American presence on this hockey club. How enjoyable is that for you? Yeah, it's great. Uh, but a cool thing about playing in this league is you meet so many different people from so many different places. And uh, I get to call some uh, some close friends, some people all around the world. And uh, it's been great so far in my uh, short career here. But, but yeah, it's nice to, to have a lot of college guys here and can kind of have a, somewhat of a connection as being the new guy and, and – it's only been a little bit over a month, but it feels like it's been a lot longer. Was Blake Wheeler the first person you heard from when you got traded here? Yeah, I think uh, Wheel, Scheif, and Patty were the were the first three guys who who texted me. Uh, that day was was pretty hectic. I, I probably got some text messages that I never responded to. Uh, my phone was was blown up when I got traded. How much of a whirlwind is that to leave someplace you've called home for a long time and then immediately you're in the lineup the next pretty yeah, much the next day? It's uh it's definitely it's it's crazy. It's a, it's an emotional day. Uh you know it's coming but you don't actually realize what it feels like and and the 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 goodbyes to the people who who I called my best friends on the team and then the behind the scenes people back in New York, uh, the equipment managers it was uh, it was emotional for sure but but um, yeah, I mean, I, I woke up to a call from my GM at nine thirty in the morning, and and I was on a flight to Winnipeg at at four. Right. And I woke up, I packed, I drove to the practice rink in New York, and got my gear. Sat in traffic on the way home, and and went straight to the airport as soon as I got home. What's uh, it like to uh, not have traffic? Uh, uh, yeah, that's good. nice. Uh, <laughs> Did you drive much in New York? Uh yeah, I drove a lot. I drove to every game mm-hmm. and, and every practice, and then. But during the days, you take the subway every day. But, but uh, yeah, it's nice. Uh, if you have to get to the rink at nine, I usually wake up at about eight fifty. So oh. it's nice. Uh, <laughs> Big, so uh, how early would you have to get up to get to to, to uh, practice? Rink? The practice rink's about forty five minutes away in New York. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was kind of annoying. But if we were at MSG, it's a quick subway, five ten minutes. Did Did you ever get recognized on the subway on the way to the game in New York? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially my first couple of years with playoffs. Uh, when you have the big beards and you're wearing a suit, and it's kind of obvious. Yeah, yeah. people people know who you are. Uh, but yeah, I mean, New York. It's the Ranger fans love hockey, but there's there's so many 
so many things going on in New York that you can you can go throughout your day without anyone noticing you, and that's it's uh, it's kind of nice to be honest. It's it's uh, there's a lot more important things going on in New York than than Rangers hockey, and then. In Winnipeg, you come here, you go get coffee, and someone notices who you are. It's it's uh, it's pretty quick. It's yeah, it's 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 unbelievable how loyal the fans are here. It's uh, it's an unbelievable fan base, and it's uh, like I said, it's been it's been great so far. It's a small world in the hockey world, clearly. But Kevin Cheveldayoff was part of the management group that drafted yeah. you with the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah. How rare is it to be back? With yeah, somebody I know. That... He called me and he told me that, and I was like, oh my god, I didn't even put two and two together because everyone called him Chevy. Mm-hmm. But I was just an 18-year-old kid there, so I was calling everyone by their first name. Yeah, uh, back when I got drafted. Uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of it's crazy that things have come full circle here. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets are actually like the first team I rooted for outside of the Bruins because uh, of Keith. You have the you have the yeah, jersey and, and Instagram and photo. So it's it's funny that it's it's kind of come full circle here. You're no stranger to podcasts because you found a place on Spit and Chicklets. You have a good relationship with Ryan, Ryan yeah. Whitney. Uh, what's that been like? And, uh, and I guess it made this easier to want to do a podcast. With yeah, us. no, yeah. it's uh, those guys work hard. Uh, everyone thinks they're goofballs, but but uh, they've both played in the NHL and and they've uh, they've they've done great for that for that podcast. Uh, I mean, it's it's definitely connected fans to the NHL. Uh, a lot more than they intended, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, like I said, they're 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 hardworking guys, and um, me and Whit kind of come from the same cloth there, and we grew up in similar situation back in Boston, and and uh, it's it's nice to just kind of I don't want to say I'm like their guy, but but it's been nice to to kind of help them out whenever they need it, and and uh, play play a few golf rounds with them it's it's uh it's definitely funny do you look forward to the day when you're retired to be able to tell more stories that's happened inside the dressing room the way ryan and paul bisonette have been able to yeah i don't think i'll be that that outspoken uh <laughs> like them uh I'll, I'll tell my friends the, the funny stories i kind of already do to be honest right uh, but yeah i mean it's like i said they've they've created a situation there that that has uh definitely helped the hockey community i think um even an average hockey fan, you were playing in Carolina the other night, and I'm leaving the rink, and people are yelling, spitting chiclet stuff towards me, and it's just that's uh, it's definitely gone a lot higher than they expected. Will you be a part of it? I know you're so far away from being uh, at that end of your I, career. I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> Uh, hopefully i'll be in the nhl for a long time I, i'd hope so and i'm, I'm writing you off already in your yeah. mid-20s but uh wearing a tb12 hat um yeah. being a boston guy clearly you're a patriots fan yeah. Uh, the- uh yeah i love i love uh boston sports outside of the bruins uh i got to go to all three games of the world series this year in la uh that was awesome um every chance i get to to fly up to to foxborough to watch the pats i, I would on sundays when i was in new york um uh, I've become friends with some of the guys in the, on both teams, and and uh, huge Tom Brady fan. Uh, Who are your friends on the Patriots then? Uh, Julian Edelman. Okay, uh, we've done a couple summers together, and and hung out with Gronk a couple times, and um, like I said, they everyone portrays him as this as this person because they only get to see a certain part of him. But it's cool to be an athlete in a in a different sport and kind of see what they do and how how they perfect their sport. It's it's. Uh, it's something that I, I learn about and without telling them, it's kind of something I just pick up on. And it's, uh, it's something that you're just trying to always learn. And even though they don't play hockey, they, they respect what we do. And it's, uh, it's pretty cool to kind of just 
bounce ideas off of them. What's the thing that, say, someone in football or baseball maybe misunderstands about hockey? I don't know if it's misunderstood, but but I don't think anyone realizes how, how like, difficult it is to, to to skate. As a pro, it's easy. Yeah. Like, we've done it our whole life. But mm-hmm. but as someone who, who comes from a different sport, they can't fathom that we do it every night. It's it's funny to, to see them in the summer try to put on skates and – and go out. We I work out with a bunch of the Patriots back home, and and they they try to hop on the ice, and it's it's literally like a, a four year old trying to go on the ice. Very it's, humbling. Yeah, totally. yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> Do they have more respect for you clearly afterwards? Or yeah, I, yeah. I think so. I mean, yeah. it's they understand that it's a different sport. I mean, I would never, I would never run through the middle of a football game and get absolutely crushed. So yeah, I don't plan on trying that. Anything different in their workout routines? Say, and I know sports are different, and there's yeah, I think just different, different muscles. You yeah, have to different worry about. muscles, but I mean, it's all hard work. Uh, if you want to be the best at something, you gotta you gotta realize that there's there's other people that want your job as a professional sport. There's other people that have families they need to take care of, and uh, if you don't work hard, it's it's uh, it could be. It could be a, a fun situation, but it's not going to last long if you're not working hard. And you must know that how many people are annoyed with you as a fan of the Patriots yeah. outside. And you yeah. and Boston sports fans must be annoying yeah. to the outside world, are they not? Yeah. Having lived in New York, you must have heard that a lot. Yeah, I think after being there for five years and being so vocal and social media with it, it's uh, it kind of became accepted. So that was that was kind of nice. Uh, but at the beginning, it it was it was tough for sure. Being uh, in New York, people yeah. were not. We're not impressed at all <laughs> with my uh, sporting decisions. Kevin, really appreciate the yeah. time. Thanks for coming on. Of course. Lining, watch it. Scores! Damn. Oh, what a save by Connor Hellebuck. Rise. Score! Blake Wheeler. All Winnipeg Jets single game tickets for the 2018-19 season are now on sale. Choose the matchup you want to see and pick your seats today by visiting winnipegjets.com slash tickets. Right after that interview finished up with Kevin Hayes, Tyler and I had a conversation because he brought up Rob Gronkowski, and I totally blanked on it. And I should have asked <laughs> for Gronkowski stories from Gronk stories, uh, and I knew it immediately as soon as the conversation was over that I missed out on one thing. And that is the issue when you have great guests in, that your mind starts swirling afterwards. I should have asked him, but the Gronk thing is a huge omission by myself and i apologize to our listeners ah, on that, that just means he has to come on again yes there we go right yeah. like we have it. something to work with on that one yeah. i can forgive him for being a patriots fan uh, that's just the one thing but uh, when we were walking back from the jets tv office to to guide him to the parking lot to, for kevin hayes he said you know boston fans are obnoxious we know it because <laughs> the, at least one of them is, is playing for a championship. And I do love how he brought up he loves all Boston teams except the Bruins. Yeah, yeah. always got to slide that in yeah. there. Just and I, I love, hope. I love how he leaves chocolate out for Lent, which is uh, a, yeah, very cool. admirable because I've tried to quit chocolate. He, he many said something times. else too. There's one other thing, and I it, it's tough my memory. Right yeah. now, but we did the interview the other day. I got a terrible memory. You're going to learn this as you get to know me over time here <laughs> to our fair listeners. Uh, Jets head out on the road for a four game road trip uh, starting. Uh, well, they depart on Sunday. Their first game is on Monday against Chicago. So the remaining schedule is this. You have Chicago at Minnesota, at Colorado, at Arizona. As for Nashville, Nashville has three games remaining. They're at Buffalo, at home to Vancouver and Chicago, and St. Louis who's also in the mix for the uh, division title. Uh, they have Colorado at home, at Chicago, and then they close out with two games at home against Philadelphia and Vancouver. Chicago Blackhawks have a big say in this. Yes, uh, outside of Monday. Yeah. We were all Blackhawks fans yes. at this moment. 
So uh, the, the, you're right. Chicago plays a role in three specific teams in the, in, in the Central Division. And you, I go back to the regulation overtime uh, regulation overtime wins. Uh, Winnipeg has 43, Nashville has 40, and St. Louis has 41. So Jets have that in their favor heading into this week. So it's interesting how Chicago was written off a long time ago. Corey Crawford comes back, kind of settles things down. Jonathan Taze is equal to career high in points after being written off by many people. So Chicago's not going to be an easy task. And then Paul Maurice mentioned it in his uh, media availability on Saturday after the Jets lost to uh, Montreal was it's the back-to-back. Yeah. That's going to be the issue on this road trip. Yeah, the last set of nine that the Jets faced this year. So, obviously, I mean, you look at the month of March, it was a busy month, 15 games in the 30 days. 11 of them came in a span of 20 days. So, one of the things that obviously makes the Jets as good as they are is speed and quickness. And sometimes when you hit a log jam in the schedule like that, it gets difficult to uh, play that game consistently night in, night out. But Paul Maurice wasn't making excuses after the the loss to the Canadians. He says there's ways to fight through it. Blake Wheeler kind of said the same thing. He's like, you know what, adversity's hitting. We're going to be a better team for it when when we come out of it. So Blake Wheeler remains confident in in the group that uh, that surrounds him in the dressing room. And uh, so obviously, yeah, it's going to be a challenging uh, road trip. Minnesota, a team that the Jets haven't beaten yet this season. You'll you know they'll, they'll be trying to to right that ship. Just as I mean, earlier in the season when they. Uh, took the first three games from the St. Louis Blues. You know, the Blues came in mentioning, like, we don't want to get swept in this season series. So the Jets will have that similar motivation going into Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, whenever you go against, like, a a team goes up against another that has, you know, had a really good record against them, it's tough to to do that clean sweep. So uh, I'm that game in Minnesota is one that you kind of circle and go, okay, this is one that sort of you can beat many, hopefully, and then also sort of prove that, hey, back-to-back, no sweat. And you, again, this week almost seems carbon copy of the week that just was here, except for on the road. You're running into four teams, theoretically, that all have a chance at making the playoffs. Now, Chicago's opportunities are a little bit bleaker, same with Minnesota's, but Arizona's at the end of it. They're kind of hanging around the wild card situation. Colorado's trying to sneak into a wild card picture. Well, in Colorado, well. like, it could also be one of those situations where you go in feeling motivated. I mean, let's not forget, and I'm sure the Jets haven't, about the last time that they were in Colorado at the Pepsi Center, it was a, a performance that they wanted to forget real quickly. Uh, took some lessons from it and went out and played Vegas, I believe, was the next stop on that road trip and played arguably one of their best games of the season. So, you know, going into Pepsi Center in Colorado, I think Winnipeg will be motivated in that one as well. we got to get to some certain business here. We, we usually always take off right away at the beginning part of our third segment of this of the ground control podcast but uh, go to jetsrewards.ca type in this word it is fueled you'll get 50 jets reward points fueled as an f-u-e-l-e-d oh two l's two l's ah dang f-u-l-e good thing i've been at a high school for i just say i graduated high school 1990 full disclosure so it's been a long time did they not know teaching spelling I just got used to the abacus before. Oh, there we go. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> I'm ashamed again. It's going to be a strikes. weird road trip coming up, just with given the fact that you got four games against basically four desperate teams right now. Yeah. That fourth game against Arizona, the, the final game of the season, 
could be completely meaningless. Yeah, it's you have no so, idea. It's so it's just such a weird. Or it could mean absolutely everything. Exactly, it, it could be everything. So it, it's going to be a really interesting road trip just to observe sort of the ebbs and flows of what goes yeah. on, and 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 some of this isn't even in your control. But I mean, you can only control what you can control, and hopefully, uh, that's four Ws. Start with a win on Monday, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, exactly. One game at a time. <laughs> As always, we appreciate you listening. This has been Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. We'll see you next week. This is Big Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. For Jets news, videos, and more, head to winnipegjets.com.